you ever wanted to compete, get in the best shape of your life, get absolutely shredded, well, competitors from all over make numerous mistakes when it comes to nutrition and getting up on stage. In this episode of our YouTube show, we're going to be talking about the biggest mistakes competitors make from starting calories too low to overdoing the If It Fits Your Macros plan to everything in between. I'm joined by our terrific coaches today, Amy and Master Coach Tyrone. Yeah, just on that point, the biggest one to that really starts off with, and I think is one of the ones that sets everyone on the back foot is starting starting too low. It's generally a thing with uh, a lot of female competitors that I see. They'll come in and um, they're like, I want to compete in 20, 24 weeks or 16 weeks, whatever. And they're already on 1,800, 1,200 calories, whatever it is. It ends up equating to a 40% deficit of what their baseline is. Um, and then it really just gives us gives them nowhere to go. So if we just back up from that just a tiny bit mm. and just give some context to it. So basically what you're saying is that you probably have multiple examples, I'm guessing, of this is when a competitor starts with us, you know, week one, let's say, and their show is, I don't know, like 24 weeks away. They're coming at week one at 1,200 calories. And it's not that 1,200 calories is bad because obviously it becomes that number that everyone just picks out of the air. It's more that it's already quite low for where they are. And that's probably going to be where you want to finish them. If not, ideally you want to finish them higher coming into comp. It's just more that once they're that low, you've got nowhere to go. Yes. And you know, I remember I've been doing competition prep for, for a number of years. My first comp as a competitor was 2004. Uh, and I did everything you could possibly do wrong in getting in shape and getting on stage. And I think I started my, my prep around 800 to 1,000 calories. And where do you go? You, you do. Aims. Where do you go from there? I'll tell you where you go from there. Just keep increasing cardio. So my cardio was, we went from one hour a day to two hours a day. And it wasn't until I really started learning and I had a terrible experience in 2004 competing, terrible experience. And that's really was the impetus for me to go out and become an expert because my experience was so bad that I didn't want anyone else to go through what I went through. I'll give you context, Amy. You know, like people, how they manipulate water. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I stopped drinking water for four days, but not only that, I also went to a sauna to try and dry it even further. So this was like my peak week nutrition it was horrible it weren't even carbs in my peak week nutrition the advice i was getting was completely bad so as i said this is the impetus but after that and learning what i've learned i noticed that it was a common theme just i think due to the bodybuilding culture of you have to make it hard and it should feel hard yes it should be hard but it shouldn't kill you and there's hermetic adaptation where you actually want your body to recover and there should be periods of overfeeding and recovery and periods where you're going to push the body a bit harder but those periods need to be regulated and what i see is the big problem is people just think hard equates to good and it's never the case yeah 100 percent. and i think there's always going to be that element of hard and there's always going to be that element of it's going to suck because you're going to get leaner than you ever have been before and leaner than your body wants to be and it doesn't want to be there again from that homeostatic point of view it wants to you know it needs you need a bit of body fat in order to, to function every day but at the same time, it shouldn't be 30-odd weeks of dieting to the bottom of the, you know, the depths of hell and then doing three hours of cardio and 20,000 steps a day. With that said, you know what else is a big mistake, right? A big mistake that I see is people who are 30, 30 kilos overweight, so they've got 30 kilos of fat to lose, and they decide I'm going to, or 20 kilos of fat to lose, and they want to do a comp in 12 weeks. That's also, I think, a mistake because people, you know, the body's only going to lose body fat at the rate it can, and, you, and we're talking about homeostasis and the hematic adaptation. If we try and get the body and force it 
to be leaner by simply stripping back the calories, there is going to be that super compensation that occurs once they, people start eating, quote unquote, like back into to maintenance and their body hasn't fully adjusted at a weight set point and they blow up completely. Instead of looking to try and lose 30 kilos as a comp prep or lose 20 kilos as a comp prep in 12 weeks, really what the approach should be is get to a healthy body weight and then the comp prep from a nutritional perspective should be much easier. And this is where you find that the extreme comp preps, the extreme diets, I think, manifest for a lot of people and create a lot of problems is because it's just i want to get that i want to get that as fast as possible and the only tool they can think of is calorie deficit but the body's so much more complex than just using calorie deficit as a means to get that outcome yeah which is definitely why we've got some systems in place now you know we've got systems in place in terms of allocating a certain period of time where it's going to be okay this is where we're going to be setting you up in, in terms of going okay we need to build your calories up. Let's say you come in, you know, you've got 30 kilos to lose. You go, I want to compete in 12 weeks. And it's like, well, no, you're not going to. And if you are, then we're not going to take you there. There's plenty of coaches that probably would. And that unfortunately, you know, fortunately for you and for us, it's not us. Because we want to set you up where you come out the other side of comp prep better. Mm. And that whether that be, no, you're not going to come out, you know, absolutely comp, comp lean. We'll, we will... You know, like I'm speaking to one of my competitors at the moment and I said to her, you know, you're probably going to put on about five kilos afterwards, but it's a good five kilos. That's completely normal no, as well. hundred percent, hundred percent. You don't want to walk, you're not going to walk around comp, comp, prep, you know, comp state lean. And the goal is to put five kilos on straight after, you know, within four to eight weeks after you get off stage. I think people are so stuck on comp prep needs to be hard and like you have to really grind to get to stage at the end of the day the judges don't care they don't care how hard you push they, they don't give a shit, <laughs> don't give but shit. They don't, if you, the person next to you did it easier than them like like that's a good thing the fact that you got to stage and it was easy is better than it grinding to the end so i think getting stuck in that mindset of it has to be hard it has to suck it has to this it's like yeah if it's done wrong of course it's going to suck. At the end of the day, it's going to suck. Anything wrong and it always sucks. You competed last year for your first time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mr. Tyrone, you guided her. How do you want to say, like, how was your, your process nutritionally? What do you found that you found there? Yeah, so for me, I found that because we did, we had a build, we had a really long um, process leading into comp. We didn't just diet straight in because when I walked in the door, I wasn't. How long was that process? Oh, it was over a year. Over a year? Over a year. So what were you was, doing? Was that Jan? What were you doing over that year? You started Jan? Was it Jan or December? Started November. November. So you're in a calorie deficit. Just to, to give some context, you're in a calorie deficit for over a year. Absolutely not. If I walked in and said, hey, let's compete the next show that was on, I would have hated it. And I probably never would have done it again. Why do you think you would have hated it? Because I would have been grinding. I, my calories would have been low. I would have been like energy, horrible. But you also had the X factor as well, which a lot of people don't get when they think comp prep, I'm just going to uh, cut calories. You had the gut stuff going on as well at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I had things going on nutritionally. I just, I couldn't get my calories up at a certain point. So for me, competing at that time was just, it was wrong. You couldn't get it up because you want to expand on that. You couldn't get up because what the foods, because you, your gut yeah, issues, yeah. you couldn't, you simply just couldn't eat foods that were high enough in calories because that would offend your gut. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. I, there were certain carbs that I just couldn't eat. And I got to a point where the more food I ate, the worse I felt. So there was no point in trying to compete at that stage. It was like, let's get the health sorted first and then let's look at competing. And just for all the people who are watching who are like, if it fits your macros, uh, diehards. So we did get, Amy, you did have a stool test. We did look at your, your gut, yes. what was happening oh, yeah. there, un uncovering, because this thing with nutrition, again, it's not just calories obviously important. They do count. No one's saying they don't count, but what also counts is your overall health it's and health. well-being. 
And if you do have an overgrowth of bacteria in your gut, it can be diagnosed with a stool test and looking at what the overgrowth is there, Candida, or is there an overgrowth of something else that needs to actually be treated and that's causing effects. That is going to have a downstream effect on things like protein synthesis. It's going to have downstream, well, just everything that's to do with digestion, which is obviously going to be a huge part of you getting lean. Yeah. Well, and, then it's and- all, it also has an aesthetical too. So if you, you know, if, we, you, if Amy was eating the wrong food, she'd have those with almost sort of fluffy looks. And well, it's I was quite, pregnant. And the last thing you want to do is you want to get on stage talking you know, with a descendant cut because you haven't looked after your health and your cut and looked at those you know, upstream effects where, yeah, it's, it can play a role, not only, it will play a role not only on you know, your health and the way you feel, but also the way you look, which at the end of the day, if you're going to do a comp, how you look is going to be the most important thing. So rather than the mindset of just it being hard, what I'd encourage people is, you want to look for optimal and optimal is not being in a deficit for an extended period of time without an end point. Optimal is kind of edging on that chaos and order. It's edging on eating enough so you can perform like a demon, but not eating so much that you smooth over. Yeah. And then just backtracking on what Amy said, if she had have competed from when she first walked in, if we had a diet, if you had a diet back then, straight off the bat, you would not looked anywhere as good as you did either. No, and the goal of, for me competing was I want to look my best. I, was like, I wasn't just doing it to get to stage. I was doing it because I wanted to look the best I've ever looked. And for me at that time, it wasn't going to happen. So I think it does come down to is like, why do you want to compete? If it's because you want to be the best version of you, then is this the best version of you or is it not? And I think that's where you've got to go from so there. So a client comes in, says, hey, Amy, I want to get ready in 12 weeks. And you think, you've got to feel like, yeah, they've got 20, 30 kilos that they've got to get to a healthy weight, let's say, or they've got gut issues. You going through that, what advice do you give them? Hell no. <laughs> you ain't doing it. They're like, I want to. I want to. What, say, else, what else do you give them? You're not doing it with me. That's what I right, say. Right. Yeah, but why? Like, let's get even more. Like, because yep. your firsthand experience. Yeah, I think for me, like, it just comes. I just say, why do you want to compete? Like, wh- what's the reason? Is it because you want to look a certain way? You can always look a certain way. Is it because you want to be the best version of you? Then, if it is, then I can tell you now, this is not going to be the best version of you. And I think putting a plan in place and working like okay the end goal is competing we're going to get there like the stage isn't going anywhere it's not gone tomorrow the stage will always be there and I think having that in the back of your mind is let's get to a healthy place first and then let's set some goals and go from there my my favorite accent for that is get in shape then do a show not get in shape to do a show absolutely it can't be the motivator it really can't you need to have other factors that really um why you want to get there yeah I agree 100% I have one client it was last year, actually, not Amy, another competitor I had. And when she first came to me, she was eating two, one meal a day. I think I worked out, it was like eight, 900 calories. Not for any reason. Well, one was because she wanted to restrict calories because she wanted to not just lose weight, which wasn't working in the end anyways. But the other was because she just led a busy lifestyle. And then we took about six months, six to nine months, but we built it up and it was just to slowly build the food up. Not only that, but she got to train harder. She then built more lean mass on the way. And in the end of the day, she ended up looking better. And then it enabled us, enabled her to actually lose body fat, body fat in a better rate than initially. Because again, she was on eight, nine hundred, a thousand calories when she first came. There was nowhere to go. So there was nowhere. The, the, her body had already, was already pushing back at that point. And she was constantly getting sick. She was tired. You know, near things where, like at the end of the day, it is aesthetic as well, where you need, for females, you know, you get your hair and makeup. If you've got thin hair because you're malnourished, it's a problem. It's a problem. And it happens. So a, oh, lot, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of competitors are like, oh, my hair just started falling out and getting thin when I started competing. It's like, that shit ain't normal. 
right? Yeah. This shit ain't normal. Like you're, you're doing things that you shouldn't really be doing. And we've got to look underneath the hood, get some bloods done. Perhaps maybe your thyroid is getting ramped way maybe just cooked. Down. I think you just cooked for a bit just, too long. Just take yeah, a step yeah, back. Yeah, let's take it out of the we want to go you about medium rare. You went well done. So one of the things that I did early on, I learned obviously biosignature from Charles Poliquin back in what was it, 2009. And I implemented it across all clients and all competitors particularly. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen competitors make over the years is they get a nutrition plan and they get no feedback, biofeedback from that nutrition plan. And I really harp on this point a lot that biofeedback cannot be divorced from the nutrition plan. You have to have, in other words, the biofeedback. And when I say biofeedback, that's how you feel, your sex drive, your mood. Are you losing your hair? Also, are you losing body fat? Are you putting on muscle? That is by like, how is your sleep? All of those things. That's biofeedback that informs the decisions that we make with your nutrition plan. In other words, every week I'll do a biosig, check in with my competitors. Are you losing? If the answer is yes, let's keep the diet rolling. So their diet at that point, at the start of their comp, at the start of their show, maybe the 20 weeks out, might be 2,000, 2,400, whatever it was, high calories. I would continue to increase their calories as long as their body fat was losing, let's add more carbs, let's add more carbs, let's add more carbs mm. to the point. And I'd, I'd always run this and people would be like, results are so systematic because to me, it was so clear. It's like, once I understand the biofeedback that's happening, then making decisions, I know what I'm making decisions on. And a good example I have was actually Karim. So I was measuring him, kept increasing his calories. I think we got to about 3,500 and it got to a point where he started not to lose any weight. I think it was about 7% body fat and he was there for three weeks. And then at those three weeks, I kept slashing his calories, going lower, going lower, going lower. And I'm like, we've cut so much. You know what we need to do? We need to refeed. We did a refeed and he actually went over with the food that I recommended. He ate more, way more fats than I said. But interestingly, a week later, it was 5% body fat. And it just shows that what most people do in those situations is, oh, you're stuck at 7% body fat. Let's drop it. Let's drop a thousand calories. Let's drop 500 calories. Let's Bring up the cardio. Calorie. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes what needs to happen for that adaptation to take place is let the body rest, completely rest. Then the body does actually what it wants. And there's so many examples. That's a good system that I like, and I use this quite often. And especially when we are getting to that back end is I'll do five low days during the training and then have two complete rest days where not only they're rested, but you know, all they've got to worry about is steps. Food comes up. So they always have two refeed days, which then backs off and it, it would watch i've got one of my competitors doing at the moment where her weight is almost like again systematic sunday monday she will two high days so weight goes up on sunday weight goes up on monday and she's online so i don't have biofeedback's a little bit different where i'll ask questions but you can still get about, questions still get yeah, questions still we still close, we still yeah. talk every week yeah. and uh, we message a lot so i'll oh, watch photos still do photos photos yeah. every week yeah. as well so we've got a full system in place for that then come tuesday It'll start to drop back down again by Thursday. And I actually spoke to her today about it. Go, this is, it's so good, just how systematic this is. It's, it's amazing. By Thursday, she'll be a kilo lighter than it was before. And then again, it's just been that same process. And I'm like, it's not broken, don't fix it. But the, but the, the, the offset of that is then- but That's my point. Most people go, oh yeah. shit, what we should do now is just slash calories. Yeah, yeah. and you gotta remember, so the benefit from having those refeeds is like, it's, 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 it's one, it's a stress relief on the body, but two, it then enables, like, you ask anybody after that refit, go, I had to train the next day. Like, oh, like a beast. Absolute mammoth. I was like, well, yeah, you're, or you're, or you've just progressively overloaded everything that was stuck for the last two or three weeks. So, you know, the body's going to adapt and it's going to use up everything you just fed it. And Amy, you've got two competitors now that I think will probably take out either first and second. 
And if they, if they don't compete against each other, it no is. Pressure. If they compete in different divisions, I think they'll be two first places. They are looking absolutely amazing, both of them. Do you want to talk about the approach that you've taken with these two girls? Yeah, so both these two girls, like they're coming in, they're going to compete in, what, three and six weeks now. And funny enough, they actually walked in the door. They were the same weight. They were the same height. They were same body fat. So they were like, you'd think that they're almost two identical girls. And the Different approaches, body shapes though. No, no, same body shapes. Same, same. I would, you would think that these girls were twins. And then it's funny enough, going through the process now, their approaches, they're both completely different. Completely different. You mean that you can't use the same thing for the next person? Absolutely. Explain, explain how your approach has been different between the two girls. So, uh, yeah, both these two girls, so they came to me um, one before, not the same time, so different times. And I just went, I can't believe this. These girls are the same. And I took one girl, dropped her calories down. She responded quite well. Took another girl, calories down didn't respond quite well. So two different approaches. I've had to use refeeds with one and I haven't had to use them with another. So I think it just comes down to, again, it is all about that biofeedback. One girl was giving me great biofeedback, one girl not so. So we had to change our approach. And I think that really comes down to, again, having that plan and be opening to changing the plan because the plan is always changing. But I think also this is like having a coach that's going to change it for you and not one... If you're doing it yourself, you can do it yourself. Like, good luck. Good, yeah. yeah, good luck. You're, you're good either, luck. like, you've got great accountability. And I, well, or, even accountability, it's like, I think for me, if I was my own coach, I was like, what's the hardest thing I could do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that. And despite if it's going to work, I'm just going to do the hardest thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's not yeah. helpful. But I yeah. think that's how, yeah. A lot of, or, or yeah, the opposite is like, what's the easiest? What's the least? So, which exercise do I not like on my program? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm not going to do those. The same thing with food. It's like, oh, how can I squeeze this in? Because, you know, I can make this work. And you, and as a coach, you're always going to try and justify that. Oh, yeah. And um, even like myself, I said to Tyrone when I was competing, I was like, this should be harder. Why aren't I struggling? Why am like, I dying? Why am I dying? I like, die. can you just well, give me something like really hard to well, do? Just, well, don't just mention because? the fact that you lost, so was it six kilos in the last week? Oh, exactly. And I was like, come on, give me more. Give me more. What are you doing? <laughs> wait, like, wait, this wait, is. You lost six kilos in the last week? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So Amy, Amy was second comp Amy did last year. We were already, what, three, four weeks out? Yeah. Three, four weeks out, came in at like 1% on the calipers. We are like, sweet, we're done. Just we're just going to feed, we're just going to cruise lean. in. Super lean. Super lean. Super lean. Skin uh, folds, we're like, yeah. what? Everything, we're like, we're done. We're ready. I'm like, like bring okay, food great. Up. We'll just bring food up a little bit and we'll just slowly increase it, eat you into comp. And then I think it was like two weeks out, we walked in. I was like, mm. like, am you looking? Like, what's going on? Measured it, it was like, bang. Like, just 6%. 6% on the calipers. Sure, sure enough. Yeah, yep. went up six percent in like two weeks. I was like, "Whoa, what happened?" The gut. Good question. It was the gut. It was <laughs> the gut. Yeah, yeah. The gut flared up. So um, was there exposure to no. Well, we have no idea. We we don't know. Ended up having to pretty much get off. So get off what she was on. So pumpkin came out, and we introduced red rice. And like just hypo, hypo, hypothetically, or, or my my theory would be that it was just her gut just got sick of it and cross contamination. The mi microbiome. Well, microbiome changed the wrong point in time when we wanted to and we've just had to we just had to change a carb source uh, basically i think what you go from 52 kilos that week before yeah i was 52 at the start of the week and then nine days later i was down to 47 oh wow 46 Jesus. you got on stage at 46 yeah and it got to a point where i did a peak week and you turned it around yeah yeah but it was just like amy had more carbs in that peak week than i think she had since like she started building at the start of the year since um, ever Wow. Yeah, yeah. And even, even I think we got up to what, 300 and... Like 400 50, grams of carbs. 400 grams of carbs. Yeah. And it was just, and it was, you know, we'd picked and chose the carbs that she could handle previously. And then we tweaked it a little bit. Oh, she's had a bit of a flare up. But yeah. But that, and, that, and that's the difference on what was 
I mean, people have just gone, oh, no, you're lying. You haven't Grinded. been following the plan. On you go. Get on the treadmill. Yeah. See you in three hours. And that's where, yeah. like, you couldn't, you, she was already following the calorie deficit. Yeah. We know you're, Amy, you're a robot. Yes. So, um, <laughs> just like, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I swear. <laughs> I, I had the same experience actually with Janet. It would have been 2016. It was before the Arnold Classics, I think it was. The Arnold Classic. She came in, and you know, Janet, always shredded, always to the point. She comes in, she says, You can't see my apps. And I was like, Shut up, Janet. What are you talking about? Of course, you can see your apps. You're Janet. I've never not seen your abs. She goes, no, I had an agglutin ex exposure and it really messed me up. And I was like, whatever. And I never forget, she pulled up her abs and I've never seen Janet without abs. And this is one time where I saw her and she was like, and she saw my face. <laughs> she, she, I could see her start to tear up. I'm like, oh shit. I, oh no. I take it back, I take it back, I take it back. This was five days, what was it? Five or six days before a comp, right? Like it was just my reaction. Cause I was like, I just wasn't expecting her like what, like her abs to be that smooth because she, the day before, the, the week before, she was so shredded. But we had to, I got out the muscle testing table, uh, my old party trick, yeah. got out the muscle testing table, did the whole kinesiology thing and figured out that the only carb that would settle her gut was white potato mashed. So she mashed like almost like a baby. Yeah, you mashed yeah. potato for a baby. That was Shireen. her free card. But you think about it, like the logic that people go, oh, you know, kinesiology is all woo-woo stuff. But if you really think about that, like mashing up the potato, like she's just basically drinking almost pure yeah. glucose from the potato. But that was the carb that we used for a carb up. And she was able to just, that was the only thing that wouldn't offend her gut. And she was able to get in so much carbs that way, which turned around. Did she look as good as she would have looked if she didn't have the flare up? Probably not, theoretically, obviously, because you can only speculate. But she did turn around. I think she won as well. I can't remember. I think she did win. I don't know if she won the overall, but she did win her class which i thought was spectacular given five days earlier had this gluten flare-up behind the scene it I comes down to a plan like really you just you need a plan in place you need a coach you need someone to keep you accountable as well i think too many people just think it's one size fits all and it's just not you need to be able to think on the spot yeah, too exactly. like yeah. you said like you're gonna have that you have that freak out i remember when i mentioned amy and she had that flare-up and i've just gone same thing i'm like oh shit what are we gonna do oh no you need and a coach it was like i was like straight on the phone I was on. I was talking to Christine because she was looking after Amy's cut at the time, and I was like, "All right, what what's going on? What do we do? We got two weeks, and this is not going the right way." And it, it all worked out in the end. And I, look, to be fair, I don't think Amy could have looked any better. And if yeah. that probably she the best peak that I've ever done with a competitor, anyway. So yeah, you need a coach who the plan, but can then drive through the murky waters when needed as well. Yeah, I'm waiting for like a four-wheel drive analogy. You got to be able to drive through the rocks. Tank, I think like a tank, yeah, yeah, FJ yeah. Cruiser or yeah. something. Especially when it gets emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe save that for another, yeah, another podcast. Another hatches. Sorry, is that the emotional? That could be a whole other topic. <laughs> well, um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you both and, and shooting the, the ship, as they say, uh, about comp prep mistakes. Well, if you like this episode, make sure you stay tuned for more. Before we wrap up, Tyrone, where can the folks find you on the Instagram? Uh, Instagram at coach underscore Felino. That's F-O-L-I-N-O. -O. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can come into Enterprise Fitness and that's generally where I spend most of my time. And the Amy's? <laughs> And my Instagram is at Amy, so A-M-Y, Doral, D-O-R-R-E-L-L. And that's on Instagram and, yeah, at Enterprise as well. We're here all the time, every and day. My name is Marco Turbury. What I'd like you to do right now is hit subscribe on our YouTube channel for more great videos. We have another part, two more parts coming out about comp prep. We're going to be talking about training mistakes and the body kind of emotional issues. If you want me on Instagram, it's Mark Turbury. 
and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Until we see you again, train hard, eat well, and supplement smart.